Hello and welcome to a Thursday episode of the State of the Nova Nation. I'm Eugene Repay. He's Chris Stanzial. Chris, what a game. What a game. What a game. If it went the other way, we might have just shut down the podcast for the rest of the season, honestly, to Bope until Big East tournament time. But Villanova came out on top, beat those Pirates, spoiled their senior night. Yeah, they got us earlier in the year, but I'm sure Miles Powell and all their other seniors, they're like, oh, we really lost that one in front of our guys at our house on senior night. The last home game, we really lost that one. Yeah, those guys thought they were just going to walk into Prudential Center with half of the upper deck roped off. I don't know if they do that for every game, but for my argument, they don't. On their senior night, the coronation of Seton Hall, their best season in 30 years. They're supposed to win the Big East. They're supposed to be a two-seed in the NCAA tournament. And, and in a rebuilding year for Villanova, they still couldn't put them away. I, it's just hilarious. Hilarious. I, I'm so happy Villanova went out there and kicked the crap out of them for 39 minutes and 30 seconds until the free throw started playing an issue. But, man, oh, man, what a great win. Fantastic win. And uh, other than the free throw shooting, no, no qualms. It was fantastic. It, playing the ultimate spoiler and ruining all those fans' high hopes, it's great. Now, I know, I know, Big East tournament, and it still has to happen. And I understand it's very possible we'll be on a collision course with Seton Hall for, in the semifinals. But for right now, it's great to play spoiler. Yeah, and not just that, we're not totally out of the clear yet. Like, they can still have the coronation ceremony. I am just personally so thrilled because, as we mentioned last time, if anything, if they had to win the Big East regular season title or even the Big East tournament title, it just cannot be against Villanova. Like, if they lost last night and we had to just sit through everything and just enduring all the chirping and enduring all the headlines, enduring all the angles, columns, this is Seton Hall's year, this and that, it would have it would have been rough. It would have been rough. But thankfully, Villanova was able to come in on the road. They played like big boys across the board. I was so happy with how they played. It was such an exciting win from start to finish, just such a good game. It was pretty close all throughout. Like I know at one point Villanova did lead by double digits. But for the most part, the game was just back and forth. Seton Hall hung around. Villanova tried to stay in front. They did lead for a majority of the game, but it was never comfortable, especially at the end. Oh, my God, my heart was ready to race out of my chest. But I was just glad that Seton Hall couldn't get its crowning moment against Nova. They had the chance to clinch the outright title with a win against the Cats, but the Cats showed them, oh, look, you got us last time, but it's, it's not easy. It's not going to be easy this time. Right. Yeah. Second time around. Definitely going to give you your best effort. But yeah, with regards to the coronation ceremony, I meant against Villanova. Like, I feel like we were saying, like, last episode, like, changing of the guard moment, like, that would have been it. Like, they can go out and beat Creighton and, like, good for them. But, like, it wouldn't mean the same if it was at home on their senior night against their <laughs> ultimate arch rival that they've yes. been complaining about since day one. So, like, all right, you can have the Big East regular season title at that point. Like, would it suck because Villanova didn't win it? Yeah, but like at the same time, it's like it just could yeah, it couldn't be against us, please right. for the love of God. Exactly, it's a whole different ball game. Changing the guard thing, it's just so ceremonious. But glad we ruined it. Glad Villanova was able to go out there and end all hopes of that. And going into Creighton for Seton Hall, not exactly an easy task either. I mean, we'll get no. into the scenarios later, but yes. but still, like 
just glad it's not Villanova. Glad Sadiq Bey showed up. Glad Justin Moore showed up. And uh, glad Miles Powell uh, cowered in fear once again against the Wildcats. Yeah, it was just such a great win. Final score, 79-77 to for Nova. Evening that regular season series. Four different guys in double figures with Sadiq Bey leading the way with 20 points. 7 of 13 shooting. He also had three boards before fouling out. Justin Moore had 19 points. So did Jermaine Samuels, but Justin Moore was excellent from downtown. He was 5 of 8 from long range. And then you had Colin Gillespie, who also provided 12 points, 5 boards, and 2 assists. Now, this is one of those where I know people asked us last time, are you concerned that this team won't be able to go far in the tournament because of a lack of bench production? But this is definitely one of those games where you can file under – this is why I still feel confident, even if the bench isn't there. Because you look at the box score, zero points from Slater, zero points from Swider, zero points from Kaz Roundtree. Those guys didn't even take a single shot attempt, not even a single free throw. And Villanova still won the game. And when you have four different guys in double digits, sure, that helps. But that just goes to show we have won games before without solid bench production. It's not, you know, it's nothing new. It's obviously great. You know, we love it when Swider is able to go off and maybe go four or five from deep. Or if Justin Moore was a guy on the six man role, which he no longer is, but when he was able to provide 15 points off the bench, we loved all that. Granted, it will definitely help this team, but you know, just cause we see goose eggs in the bench, there's, it doesn't mean that, you know, all hope's lost. And this is exactly what I had in mind. I was kind of glad that this happened after we had that question on Tuesday because it was good for people to see this, that we can win, especially against a high-caliber team like Seton Hall. This wasn't DePaul. This wasn't St. John's. We won against a good team in their house because we had four different guys step it up. And Jeremiah Robinson, he was solid too. He didn't really, you know, he didn't hit the double-digit mark, but he still had nine points and 11 boards with three assists and only one turnover. Very key for a guy who has had problems with keeping or taking good care of the ball. So it was good to see him do that as well. Yeah, on top of keeping control of the ball, I I mean, you hinted at it, but his rebounding was fantastic. I thought his box outs were great. I thought across the board the box outs were great underneath. I mean, yeah, Seton Hall got 10 offensive rebounds, but four of them were from Quincy McKnight on, like, long rebounds. Uh, at least most of them were. At least I felt like, like Mamu and Gill only got one apiece offensively. Like, that's a pretty good job by Jerry. He was really fighting down there. And uh, he got three offensive boards on his own. Jermaine Samuels was flying all over the place. He got a couple of key boards late uh, and keep, kept some possessions alive, which were key down the stretch. So, yeah, I was very pleased with the uh, supposed height disadvantage that Villanova had. It really didn't factor in all that much, I felt like. And I was kind of clamoring for Jerry to really step up in this game. Uh, mainly because he had a good game against Providence. I would have liked to see him follow up with it. And, yeah, like you said, he didn't hit double digits, three or six from the field, two or four from deep. But I would have liked to see him involved a little bit more offensively. But rebounding-wise, him and Samuels, like, really did a heck of a job. Even Colin got in on the action, too. He had a couple of key box outs as well. Yeah, but also, you know, when you have four other guys feeling in, they're hitting double digits, particularly Moore had a great shooting performance. Jermaine Samuels was pretty solid, too, as was Bay. You don't really need him to go crazy. Obviously, right. it would have been nice. It would have been a nice round thing to say. Like, oh, all five yeah. starters or <laughs> the whole starting lineup got to reach double figures. Like, that's cool. But, yeah, I mean, you know, he definitely had a great game as well. And then on the Seton Hall side, Sanjur Bamukelashvili, he killed Villanova last time. He had a great game against the Cats again last night. 20-point, 10-rebound, double-double, 8 of 10 on the floor, 3 of 4 from deep. He was just a problem. 
And and then after that, you had Quincy McKnight. He chipped in 16 points, 6 rebounds, 7 assists. Miles Powell had 14 points on 5 of 18 shooting, 3 of 10 from deep. Wasn't that efficient, and he didn't really feel as big as a threat. I thought Nova did a pretty good job on him. He did have 4 rebounds and 8 assists, but other than that, didn't really kill us as much as we thought he would have, and he didn't have as bad of a foul trouble problem as he did last time. But Shavar Reynolds off the bench, you got to give your props to him. Former walk-on, he hit all three of his trays, most of them from the corner, but he had 12 points before fouling out for the Pirates. He was pretty fantastic too. He killed he killed us again. He killed us again because he. I remember last time around, especially in the second half while Powell was out, him and Mamukelis really, they were slinging it and they were making it. Yeah, he came back with a vengeance. That's for sure. I mean, he's if you look now, he's still wide open in the corner. I mean, god, like like can anybody cover the corner? <laughs> like after after the first time, I I give you a pass. Second time happens and the third time, like come on guys. Like guys stand the wide open there. It's clearly it's clear what they're doing. Like figure it out. And pro- I mean, obviously you got to go out there and hit it. But, like, the Cadu was wide open. That is that is shooting practice. You're not even that open in, in, in the gym, in, like, open gym sessions. Like, come on. That was that was just really bad under the defensive effort. But, like, I mean, that was really the only time I felt like there was, like, a big lapse on the defensive end. Um, like you said, Mamu did a heck of a job. He hit that, like, one big three at the end that kind of kept Seton Hall in it, um, which felt like from half court. He also had a couple of drives to the basket where I was like, yeah, he's a, he's a big dude. Uh, and I wouldn't want to get in front of that. So, yeah, go go right ahead. Matador defense him right on in. But Miles Powell, you said inefficient, and he seems to have not the greatest games against Villanova, at least, I feel like. And he also had an opportunity to tie it, I believe, at the end. I think it was the tie. It was the tie. And uh, he bricked it from basically the same spot that he bricked the potential game-winning shot in the Big East tournament final last year. So good to see that he's uh, still not hitting the big shots against Nova. Now that I say that, he'll hit a big shot in the tournament. But for now. Oh, for two. There was that moment where you made that layup and then started talking to the bench again. Oh, it kind of brought me back to last year's Biggie tournament when he was killing Georgetown in that historic first half and then said, this is my bleeping city, this and that. And, you know, he was doing the whole thing, you know, beating his chest and didn't really do much in the second half. But the damage was already done against Georgetown. They had no chance of coming back. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, saying it's a city, this and that, and then runs to Villanova, the brick wall <laughs> that – Always continues to stand tall and strong. Yes, I got to love it. Got to love it. Yeah, he hits a layup, I think, to put them up five. And then they didn't lead for, like, the rest of the game, like, after doing that. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, I understand Carl Gillespie it's stepped over him. Carl Gillespie it, gave him a little step over, too. Yeah, beat me to it. I was going to mention that, too. <laughs> Colin Gillespie standing strong on a charge, standing right, right there, out any fear. He got absolutely walloped, also in the first half. And he gets right up. It was, I think it was at, at the under eight timeout in the first half. Gets right up and, and steps over to the Villanova bench, but pops his feet right over Miles Powell and starts yelling. I was all for that. All for it. Intentional or not, don't care. <laughs> Round of applause to Colin Gillespie. I don't care about his shooting performance, but all for that. Just for that, he is my uh, – one of my players of the game. You already know Chris looked at the box score. Colin only had 12? Uh, yeah. I don't know. I think we no. cheated him a few points. That that move <laughs> felt like 24 on its own. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he doubled his point total with that alone. But in all serious, no. The, the defensive effort against Miles Powell was fantastic. 
I, I did not feel like they gave him anything. Sure, he had, like, an open shot or two. And, yes, he still hit his crazy threes, only three of them this time around. But he seemed very frustrated all night and very passive, obviously. Yes, he had the eight assists, but three of them were on the Shavar Reynolds wide open threes. They did a heck of a job on him. And Mamu just has to carry them against Villanova, apparently, I guess. He was just having a great season against them. And Quincy McKnight was pretty good, too. But uh, he got to he, – he, he grabbed some big-time offensive rebounds. There was actually – I know I kind of praised the rebounding before, but there were two instances where he was underneath and he fought like through three guys to grab him. Uh, he really wanted this game, you could tell. Other than that, defensive effort was pretty good. I felt like, like yeah, they shot 41% from beyond the arc Seton Hall did. I, I just felt like they played a complete game top to bottom. I, if, if it wasn't for the free throw shooting at the end, uh, which I guess we'll talk about now, I would have given this team a standing ovation. But, I mean, look, they went in there Went into a t- the number eight team in the country's building and won pretty handily, except for the free throw shooting, which... And, and um, you knew it was a more than hostile environment. Oh, yes, yes. Especially considering the uh, implications of this game. Big time stones to go in there and play the way they did. Definitely the most complete way game, except for the free throw shooting, which... Um, can we talk about that right now? Well, what the hell? Well, it's okay to talk about it now because they won, but if they lost, oh boy. Oh, boy. <sighs> Oh boy, heartbreak. Heartbreak at the rock. Yeah, it was it was clearly a ploy by Jay Wright and the squad to uh rip out the hearts of Seton Hall fans just a little bit more than it would have than what a ten point beatdown would have been. But so you have JRE go to the line up seven, I believe, for a one and one and he misses the front end. Okay. No harm, no foul. Like it's still a it happens, yeah, it happens all the time. Yeah, it's yes. not, you know, it's not the end of the world. And Sadiq Bay goes to the line. One of two. Okay, not great, but we'll take it. Then Samuels went to the line and he hit both. But then Seton Hall's still hitting their shots because they're doing the whole drive to the basket thing and Villanova doesn't want to foul, obviously. Surprisingly, the inbounding is actually fine up until this point. And uh, Seton Hall fans don't know how to count to five because apparently anytime anyone runs along the baseline, that's apparently a five-second violation. But then... The big kicker was they do break the press, and Colin goes to the line for two and misses both. That was when I was like, okay, now we're in trouble. Because if he's, he's not hitting them, then it's a se- severe problem. He misses both, and then Seen Hall gets it back, and then they cut it to two, and then Samuels only makes one of two. So now it's three, and then that's when Powell went down, I believe, and missed the, the three to end it. That was just crazy stupid ending how the hell did they not close that out oh my god oh and then Sadiq Bay missed two at the end too I forgot about that there was oh, another two missed. it's all part of the dramatics it's all part oh. of the dramatics god just flat out bricking them like what are you think? <laughs> oh that scares me especially after the Providence game too where they at least at least in this game they were hitting from the field Providence game they couldn't hit anything free throw line or field this game was uh, free throw line shooting it's, it's just got it's got to figure itself out yeah, when it became a one-point game, a little, a little nervous there at the end. Those last few seconds. But no one was able to hang on, and that's all that matters, Chris. That's why I'm not a little too upset. Like, I could be more upset, but honestly, I wake up this morning just thrilled. Just absolutely ecstatic. We beat the Seen Hall Pirates. We did not let them take the regular season crown, or at least, I mean, they still can. But we just didn't want to be the team to give it to them. That's not what we wanted. And at this point, it's unfortunate because if you look at the scenarios, which I know, Chris, you were you know, you mapped out a little diagram. You were in front of the chalkboard. You had your arrows looking at what can possibly happen. 
at this point, according to what you've been finding out here, it looks like Philadelphia can no longer clinch the one seed. They have no shot at the one seed, but they can still get a share of the regular season title. So please just walk us through it. What has to happen now? Because that was one of the things we were looking at going into this week, how everything would shape out at the end here with these last couple of games. Now that we're going to see the regular season finale over this weekend, what can happen? What can happen? Let us know. Sure. So I was right, actually, believe it or not. That's a very new thing for me. I was right in the last episode saying that Villanova needed Georgetown to win to have any shot of winning the Big East title outright, or getting the one seed, I should say. And Georgetown did not do that. Georgetown did not do us a favor, as is tradition, and Creighton was able to take care of business at home. So with that Creighton win, this is what happens. If Creighton beats Seton Hall on Saturday and Villanova beats Georgetown on Saturday, which neither one is given at this point in the game, we know that, but let's just say that happens, it would be a three-way tie for the Big East. And if I'm correct, the tiebreakers for that would be collective record against all three teams. Creighton would be 3-1 and one against Nova and Seton Hall, so they would have the one seed and technically win the Big East. Then Villanova would be the two seed because they were two and two against Seton Hall and Creighton. As we know, they split both games with the road home split, both wins coming on the road. And then Seton Hall would be one and three against Creighton and Villanova. So that's how it would shake out. And then obviously we see the collision course for Villanova, Seton Hall in the semifinals there. If Seton Hall wins against Creighton, they are the one seed regardless. They win it outright, actually, no matter what Villanova does against Georgetown. So they will be the Big East champs. But if Villanova beats Georgetown, they will be the two. And if they are the, th- if they lose to Georgetown, I believe it would defer to record against Seton Hall. And then I believe that means Creighton would be the two seed. So if Villanova loses to Georgetown, they would be a three seed. And if they win, they are locked into the two seed regardless. And I think that's pretty much all the scenarios Villanova was in, uh, involved in. Well, actually, no, because if they lose and Providence wins, then you get the whole tie there, and then Creighton gets involved. But I think that scenario is very unlikely, so I'm not going to dive too much into it. But if Villanova wins, they're the two-seed regardless. It's just a matter if Creighton wins, they get a share of the title. If they don't, if Creighton doesn't win, Seton Hall wins it outright. That's, that's pretty much that. And the only two teams locked in right now for the Big East tournament are DePaul and St. John's at the Ooh. bottom. DePaul is 10 St. John's is nine, no matter what happens on Saturday. So Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. <laughs> I, I don't even know. Have they – I guess, well, I know St. John's has, but I guess DePaul has never had to not play an opening round game or an out bracket game. Yeah, I think they've uh, always had to. Yeah, they've always, yeah I guess because they've always finished towards um, the bottom. Did they, have they ever won? Yeah, they've upset their way out. I don't even remember. Yeah, yeah they, they just never had that first round by or waited until the quarterfinals like everybody else. <laughs> gotcha. But, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, you got Butler, Xavier, Marquette, Duke in and out for five through seven. And, honestly, Eugene, I'm not saying – I'm not suggesting for this to happen. <laughs> I'm not saying that Villanova should lose on purpose to Georgetown. We know how much we would that would aggravate – Anyone who went to school in the 80s, 90s, and early yeah, that's, 2000s. That's crazy talk. But if Marquette falls as the seven, do you really want to be the two seed? Uh, do you really want to be the two seed? That That's a little tricky because, yeah, that's tough because at that point, right, the six the six 
who would be getting a quarterfinal spot and not have to play an opening round game. That's pretty interchangeable, I'd say, with the seven. But unfortunately, the seven means that they're going to have to play an opening round game and likely get the two seed. As we know, it's going to be just like last year or two years ago, basically the last couple of years, where any of those teams from three to eight are pretty interchangeable. Pretty interchangeable. Yeah. No, you're you're 100% right. It's like Providence, Butler. And obviously, you know, Marquette's definitely a very beatable team. But as we've seen this year, we've had our fits. Even when it looked like we are going to run away with it, they came back and we only ended up winning by one. Right. But also, a guy like Marcus Howard, that guy can heat up. And if he's hot, man, oh, it's going to be a long day. It's going to be a long day. Yep. Yep. And I know they, and I know Marquette just lost to the Paul and they would be playing the Paul again. And Marquette is actually historically, not historically bad, but like compared to every other Big East team, they are awful against the Paul because Wojo is a, uh, he is a uh, character back there for, to say the least. But if, it, if the results were to hold, Xavier would be the six right now. So Villanova, if they were the three seed in this instance, they would play Xavier. And I would feel much more comfortable going up against Xavier than Marquette. But there is a possibility Butler could be the six, and I don't know if you really want that. There's also a possibility that Butler's the seven. Do you really want that? <laughs> like it's you're. I think you're screwed either way at this point, unless well, you're the, the one seed. The other thing too is that you got to keep in mind is that Marquette and the Big East tournament they do not go well together. They have horrible no. luck in the postseason. <laughs> horrible luck. Yeah, just look at last year's game against Seton Hall. I mean, my God, they should have won that game going away, and then. The whole brawl happened. And oh, but that made it so much more exciting. <laughs> it, it, it did, but it ended up really hosing him at the end. Yeah, Wojo threw a tantrum at the media. It was great. He's got a lot of tantrums to throw after losing to DePaul again. Oh, yeah. I would not want to be any of those guys showing up for practice the next day. Nope. But, you know, the way, way Villanova's Big East tournaments run go, runs go, maybe Marquette loses to DePaul and then Villanova gets DePaul. <laughs> Oh, that would be quarterfinals. That'd be excellent. <laughs> oh, that would be great. That would be wonderful. But how funny would it be if uh, Creighton ends up winning the Big East, like at home? It, it, another coron. Here's your coronation for you, for another squad. Creighton coming out of nowhere. Oh, and then Seton Hall watches the regular season title slip out of their hands. Oh God. Oh, it'd be beautiful. Beautiful sight. <laughs> I think. I think. Creighton and Villanova should join. I think they're joining forces now to make sure Seton Hall does not win it because everybody hates Seton Hall. Like that's how. Like usually when you you're in the same conference, like you obviously have your rivals, and like when you go to the NCAA tournament, you want to see your your conference teams win. But I think everybody would be okay with Seton Hall taking an early L. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. I know you'd be thrilled about that. Oh, of course I would be because I'm I'm an ass, but. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I actually, honestly, I, I wouldn't mind seeing them get to at least the Sweet Sixteen. You, you got to have the Big East do something. But yeah, uh, it has to be it has to be more than just Nova. Yeah, definitely. This uh, this go around, yes. Like I know we say that every year, but this go around more so than often. If Butler was ranked top five at some point. Creighton's been ranked pretty much all year. Seton Hall's been up there all year. Like they, they got to do something. So. Yeah, because as far as everyone else is concerned, by everyone else, I mean the ESPN heavy people, the people who are, you know, they claim they're college basketball fans, but they don't know much about what the Big East is doing. They're just a very big five-centric worldview. Mm-hmm. Oh, as, as far as they're concerned, the Big East, oh, that's just like the West Coast Conference for all they know. <laughs> it's like, oh, Gonzaga, everybody Gonzaga. else, oh, Villanova and all the kids. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, Seton Hall has a higher ranking this year? Oh, maybe we should start paying attention. Oh, wait. No, they lost in the round. Oh, wait. No. Oh, it's St. Mary's again. Or, oh, it's BYU. Oh, okay. Yeah, just like when Xavier got that two seed that year and everybody was – well, not everybody, but people were like, oh, they don't deserve it. Who's that? Who have they beaten? And then they got eliminated in the round of 32. And it's like, oh, here we go. Villanova carrying the way again. They were a one seed that year, right? That was – that was our season. Oh, actually, wait. I think you might be right. I think they were actually a one they team because they were top five. They were a top five team. They were. They were. Oh, even better. Even better. <laughs> <laughs> and they lost to uh, Wisconsin. Yeah. Action Bronson Koenig. Actually, they might have been a two seed then. So I don't think Wisconsin was an eight. They were an eight against Villanova the next year. Oh, uh, yeah. That's when they were like, oh, they did it to Xavier. They could do it to us now. <laughs> great times. Great, great times. We're going to be making more memories this March because it's March, man. It's March. It's wonderful. So exciting. So exciting. The weather's getting better, too. Not that this winter was that bad anyway, but it's exciting. It's exciting. It is. It, it's kind of feeling like spring around us, at least in this area, weather-wise. Don't you agree? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm really excited. You know, I got my confirmation for Biggie's tournament. Oh, can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. Oh, yeah. Is Biggie's uh, tournament preview coming out soon? We'll, we'll, we'll get to that later. When you do drop that, uh, let me know. Favorite art right. of the year. Yeah, it's one of my more fun ones to write. All right, so we got one last game of the regular season. Kind of crazy. It feels like it flew by so fast. It always does. November 5, that season opener against Army literally felt like last week. But here we are, prepping for Saturday's game against Georgetown, a blood rival. This one will be down in D.C. Now, Ken Palm has this as actually a close game. Predicts a three-point victory for Nova and now has him at a 59% favorite. Originally, he actually had us losing this game, but now he has us winning. Chris, I know the Shorestown team, they've gone through a lot. Right now, they're definitely going through a lot. They lost five in a row. This was a team that looked pretty good. It looked like they figured themselves out after James Akinjo and all those guys left. But then Mac McClung got hurt, and now they've just been struggling. They're coming off a huge loss against Creighton. Creighton's just smacked them around by 15 last night. And now they've lost five straight. They're five and twelve in the Big East, just fifteen and fifteen overall. And I honestly think that Nova's going to put them down below on the negative end of their record. Yeah, it's certainly looking that way. I think earlier in the year I actually had Villanova pegged to lose this game. I don't think I don't think so. This go around, Georgetown's lost five in a row with the likes of Providence and DePaul and Marquette and Xavier, and you just mentioned Creighton. Their, their signature win of the year, I'd say, Big East-wise, was at Butler. That was pretty surprising. Real early in the year, and this was before everything went down or right around that everything was going down. They beat Texas. They even gave Duke a game. But it's a, it, that was an eternity ago, and this team's completely fallen by the wayside. It's, it's quite a shame because we've been talking about it all year pretty much, but we thought this team was going to take the next big step, and they just haven't, and mainly because of the whole scandal they had and this just, it's a shame. but And then injuries, obviously, like you said, with McClung, it's basically been the Yurt 7 show outside of that and the Jamarco, Jamarco Pickett show and the Javon Blair show. But they really haven't been able to do much against the Big East elite. And I think more of the same will continue, even though it's the regular season finale for Georgetown. And I, I just think Villanova's just too good to, to lose this one. Yeah, what's rough, too, is that Yurt 7 – He's recently joined McClung. I think it's been a, a few weeks now that he's been dealing with an ankle injury. So they literally have nobody. This is they're just yeah. they're literally dealing with scraps right now. Yeah, look at the, if you look at their lineup against Creighton, it's Pickett, Wayham, 
Allen, Mosley, and Blair. Like, if you told a Georgetown fan that would have been your starting five <laughs> at any point during the year, you would have been like, what the hell happened? <laughs> yeah, those guys – yeah, half those guys do not even – I don't even think they sniffed the starting lineup no. for the most part. No. And then their bench is even more of an anomaly. Oh, they're completely depleted. Yeah, it's it's a shame because Ewing was doing a heck of a job and then everything went to crap. But uh, right now they look like they're going to be the eighth seed in the tournament, most likely. Actually, I guess they are technically locked in as the eight because if St. John's is – yeah, yeah, they are locked in as the eight. So it'll be them and St. John's in that first round. So at least you get the old-school Big East matchup there, right? That's good Wednesday selling point, right, Eugene? Oh, of course, of course. They, they've they been doing that for the last couple of years. It just happens to be Georgetown St. John's in that first Wednesday night slate. Mm. Tradition like no other. Just like the Paul finishing 10. <laughs> right there with them yep uh if you want to get into the technicality stuff though georgetown's 62nd in ken palm right now uh 15 and 15 record 29th and adjusted offense pretty good not the med defensively though they're awful 130 absolutely horrible they (laughs) struggle when it comes to defending the three-point line they've been cooked from long range so many (laughs) different times they do a good job of generating turnovers but with such limited personnel i don't you know most of their pickpockets are gone i will say I don't. At this point, like we said, you're dealing with second string, third string guys. I'm not concerned at all. If you really do want to get into the nitty gritty, I mean, Javon Blair, he's had some big games for them. Marco Pickett is has been pretty solid, but those are the two guys that I'd really look out for. Ever since these guys have been hurt, but other than that, you know, they're trying to hold everything up. Unfortunately, it hasn't been going so well. And I think Georgetown is going to have to be entering the postseason with a six-game losing streak. I think Nova should win this one. They should take care of business. I don't think it will be as close as Ken Palm says. And I have complete confidence in the Cats, especially coming off a huge win against Seton Hall. I feel like at this point, you know, get this one, get ready for March, get ready for the biggest tournament, NCAA tournament. Just take care of business on Saturday, put your rivals back in place. And let's move on. Let's get ready, man. Let's let's look at some brackets. Let's get for, for <laughs> the postseason here. I just can't wait for it. It's literally biggest tournament, favorite time of the year, favorite week of the year. Because yeah. you get Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Mm-hmm. And selection Sunday. And then Sunday. selection Sunday. And then you just literally just ooze all over brackets for the next three days. Yep. Oh, yep. it's beautiful. No, right. like, nothing like it. Nothing like it. Big East does it right in that regard in terms of scheduling and all that. But yeah, I think Villanova wins this one. I don't think it's as close as Ken Palm predicts either. But back to what Brendan Riley said a couple episodes ago, or at least what he asked us with the whole trap game thing. And Providence ended up being a trap game, believe it or not. Well, I don't, I don't, think, I don't think it was necessarily a trap. I think it was just Villanova just pooped their pants when it came to trying to score. And shoot yeah. The ball. No, I know, I know. But the fact that they lost, you can easily spin the narrative there. I hope they don't look forward to the Big East tournament. <laughs> like, I, I, oh, I no, really no, hope... It's a, it's, no, there's no way. It's impossible. It's Georgetown. It's a rival. Everybody knows that. No, there's no way. There's no way you overlooked it. Rivalry <laughs> games are always fun. Don't rest on your laurels against a victory against Seton Hall. If you lose this game, you're going to be right back. <laughs> it basically negates it. So please beat these guys. It would be a banner week if you beat the two biggest rivals across the generations here so go out there beat them get your two seed for the big east tournament and let's let's go out and, and kick some butt again in, the, in new york yeah yeah chris i'm not i'm not worried for any kind of trap i don't think they're gonna overlook this one it's always fun to beat up your rival and that's never that never changes 
So I think Nova should win this one. I'm going to give it by 12. And honestly, I, I want to see another balanced effort, kind of like last night. I think we're going to see multi-double-digit scores, and I'm all here ready for it. Me too. I just want to see someone hit a GD free throw, man. None of this 10 of 18 stuff, none of this 6 of 12 stuff, whatever it was against Providence. Hit a free throw. That's all I ask. If, if the game comes down to free throws late, just, just hit them. Get some confidence going for the tournament. I am completely hoping Sadiq Bey just shoots the lights out again, just like we did against Georgetown earlier in the year. And that was where Georgetown still had their guys. They still had McLung. They still had Yurtsevin. Mm-hmm. And he's just obliterated the Hoyas with an 8 of 10 shooting performance from downtown. If he could do anything similar to that, 33 points or even more because Georgetown is a little depleted right now, oh, my gosh, that would be um, <laughs> an amazing way to end the year and the regular season. It would be, and it also means he's officially leaving, so thank you. (laughs) (laughs) But, yes, I would take another 33 points at Bay performance. That would be great. If you can't make it to D.C., I know I personally won't be there, but I will be watching with great intent. Tip-off is 12 p.m. Saturday, Eastern time, a little matinee. If you're on the West Coast, you're getting some breakfast with the cats, which is pretty cool. But if you can't make it, it'll be on Fox. Don't look for it on Fox Sports 1 or Fox Sports 2 or CBS Sports Network. It is on the Fox. Big game, rivalry game. Sure, Georgetown's unranked, but everybody knows, you know, it's a rivalry game. You always got to get up for it, and it's always fun to beat your rival. Never gets old. Never gets old. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for listening to the State of the Nova Nation. Unfortunately, I was a complete bozo, and I forgot to ask people four questions for this time, where we would usually answer the listeners' questions. Unfortunately, some dude at this game I was covering last night, yesterday, absolutely dumped their drink in anger and just obliterated my laptop. It was just a direct hit of waterfall from the upper deck right onto my laptop, completely just shattered its insides. Shout-outs to Chris for being able to handle the ones and the twos today as hopefully I can get this laptop fixed ASAP and I'll be in more back to the normal routine. I'll be more in tune because once that happened, I just completely forgot it. They never got the guy. But I'm just glad that Chris was able to handle the ones and twos. We were able to find a way to get this going. So shout-outs to Chris. Shout-outs to everyone for listening. Please, if you haven't already, subscribe to the pod. You could do so at VU Hoops or State of the Nova Nation. Find us on iTunes, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Megaphone. you got so many options. Please check back and check often at VUHoops.com. Follow the site on social media, like our page on Facebook, or follow VU Hoops at VU Hoops on Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow me, Eugene Repay, at Eurepay5. And I'm Chris Sanziel. Still got nothing. Follow the pod. Follow Eugene. Follow VU Hoops. Nova Nation, one more. One more, and then all postseason talk. Let's get this one on Saturday. Let's beat some Hoyas, and let's get ready for March Madness. Take care. Have a good weekend. We'll catch you back next week.